Hey, this is Ted Nugent. Hi, this is Jay Leno. This is David Hobbs. This is Bob Parshall. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver, Adam Carolla. This is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Hi, this is Robert Yates. I'm John Forrest. Hey, this is Jack Roush. I'm Ken Squire. Hi, this is Edsel Ford. Hey, I'm Dave Despain. Hi, this is Danny Sullivan. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesday nights at 7 on the Tantalk Radio Network. $75 for tires. So they hear they're only $49.95. Then you got to buy all them extras. Like, do you want them on the car? <laughs> no, I'll just eat them here. Is this a paying customer? You want them balanced? What are you going to say? Hell no, I like to go down the road, have a bam, 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 bam. And that's what we're talking about tonight, because one little slip, you're out. This is a paying customer. This is Ted Nugent celebrating the American dream on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Welcome, you are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host. This New Year's Eve, no, actually, it's New Year's, New Year's Day. Day. Hey, I got my buddy Alan sitting in with me. Hi, Alan, how you hey, doing? How you doing, Robert? Hi, hey, everyone. What's and going on? Cedric's our uh, production engineer tonight, and Bobby's also in the studio. Hi to you guys. Happy New Year to everybody. I'm doing pretty Anyway, run your computers. Computers. I screwed up again. Anyway, and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. And matter of fact, if I turn around behind me, we have our banner up, and we have it decorated with Christmas lights. So white Christmas lights. White Christmas lights. Yeah, for you colorblind people. For you colorblind people. Yeah, the ones that can't see us in the studio. So you have to kind of in, in kind of imagine what this looks like. Just white lights. Just white lights. Yeah, and of course, a big shout out to my buddy Doug at the sign shop, and uh, he did an excellent job. Give him a call at seven two seven. Three nine two four eight five two seven two seven three nine two four eight five two located on Madeira Beach. Order your sign now. But anyway, hey, ha- Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, go to our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Be sure and check out our podcast if you've missed any of our past shows. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Also, don't forget to check out our stuffs page. We have t-shirts and we have uh, hats coming. They're not here yet. They're coming. We have some decals. And uh, let's see what else we got going on. Well, that's pretty much it for right now. That's the introduction. So anyway, hey, Alan, how you been the last couple of days? Uh, pretty good. Just going through all my old magazines. If you're on the computer, you can see all this paper laying around. Remember magazines? You turn the page. Oh, yeah. Magazines. Magazines. Yeah. Like today, everybody just sits there and goes... 
and it's the intranet. But yeah. for those of us that are our generation, magazines yeah. was a way to... a printed magazine from 1964 when it happened. Nothing has changed. Nothing's been adulterated. Well, there it's, you go. go. What you, 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 you bring tonight? Uh, all sorts of stuff. I got the first uh, car and driver with the article on the first Cannonball Run. Okay, That's cool. That's Brock cool. Gates and okay. Dan Gurney in the Ferrari. Uh-huh. And let me see. You got an article on John Fitch. It's a later article. About him and the Fitch Phoenix that he built, the one-off one. And we got an old sports car graphic from 1964, just because. And a later car and driver with an article about the last Cannonball. By hey, that's cool. Why don't, we go into, why don't we go into that? Let's just do that real quick. Let's okay, go the into the... One, the early one the No, start, one. The, start the first one. Okay. Give us a little highlights on that. And then, okay. see, let me, let me explain to our listeners. You see, I'm real good on visuals, so and I, I can read pictures, but Alan actually reads text. See, so he actually read this stuff. Actually, he bought these magazines back in the day, which I did too, but I looked at the pictures. Alan actually read the article, so Alan's going to tell us about the articles. I've had some of these magazines longer than I've had socks. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so this is an original article about the first Cannonball Run, the Brock Yates, Dan Gurney, the, the Polish racing team, and the various other people that got involved with it. And... Um, they left the Red Ball Garage on East 31st Street in New York, and they headed to the Portofino Inn in Redondo Beach. Now, did, did Brock Yates and Dan Gurney, who, by the way, both of those gentlemen have been on our radio show, Brock yeah. Yates and uh, Brock, Dan Gurney? Yeah. Bro, bro, I'll get it right. Yeah. Bro, not Broccoli, Brock Yates, okay. Yeah. But anyway, so what it was, it was like 36 hours, didn't they win the first one, 36, 37 yeah, hours? something like that, 36. Dan, Dan Gurney can tell you off the top of his head, because I talked to him one time, and he goes, blah, 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 blah. And, um... Here we go. There. Here's a picture of the Daytona when they got to um, Redondo Beach. The car looks like a landfill. All the <laughs> fast food stuff and everything in the car. And here we go. Here's the results. On the Ferrari, the last time was 35 hours. The lighting here is bad. 35 hours, 54 minutes. Average speed is 80 miles an hour, and they didn't go over 174. They'll let you know that. Wow. Now think about that. That's what? It's roughly 3,000 miles from New York to Long Island, uh, to Long Beach. So, 76 miles there, Ralph. Okay. So you yeah. can say almost for all practical purposes, Long Island to Long Beach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they made a movie of, of the first movie, which was Gumball Rally, which was probably a better movie. But the second movie they came out with, one that Burt Reynolds did, well, was Bro- supposed yeah. to be more... That's the one that Brock Yates wrote. That's the one that Brock Yates yeah, wrote, right. The one that Brock Yates wrote, he had it written down everything him and Hal Needham, because Hal Needham ran in The Last Cannonball, by the way, because the ambulance was real in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Hal Needham was one of the guys in the ambulance. And they really did hoodw- hoodwink the cops in Jersey. That's a true story. He mentioned yeah. that on the show. Yeah. And... um. Anyway, the Ferrari, like I say, they got 12.2 miles per gallon in the Ferrari. 12.2 miles per gallon, yes. 0.2 miles per gallon. Well, you know what? Hey, really, think about it. That's what I'm saying. 300 and some odd horsepower car. Yeah. And four liters, right? Four and a half liters? Uh, About 365, do the math. 365 times 12, and then you convert it to And that was back when gasoline was 31 cents a gallon for a high test. Yeah, exactly. And And that's driving nonstop, by the way, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And um, the last run, the last cannonball they had in 79 was um, these two, this couple drove a Ferrari 250 short wheelbase. Oh, really? Meta. Yeah, straight through. Really? Yeah. And the last race, that was the one that was a 79, 80? 79, 79. Okay. Yeah, that's the one they used the ambulance to. Okay. The movie. But back to the, back to the movie now, um, Brock Yates wrote it, and Hal Needham said, great, this is great. But when Burt Reynolds, he wanted, Brock Yates wanted Steve McQueen in the movie. But logistics intervened. Right. And so they got Burt Reynolds. And Burt Reynolds, because of his drawing power at the time, basically rewrote the movie. And it wasn't what Brock Yates wrote it to be. It's got changed in the interim. That movie came out, what, 1980? Uh, don't, I don't know. Okay, because I think that's when Steve yeah. McQueen was actually doing his very last film, which was yeah. when he was the bounty hunter. Yeah, in the old Chevy. Right. And yeah. then he could hit for, for like drove, you said. Yeah, where he drove the opposite of how he drove in Bullet. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still in the old cars, though, which was cool. Yeah. You two just dumber a bag of hammers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I think we need a radio giveaway time. Now, we typically... <laughs> we have some people that call in from time to time, but if you're the anything caller, I have for you... Because today, my son and I went to Steak and Shake, okay? And this is what I was able to procure. I have a cute little car, like a cutaway that you fold out, and a little Steak and Shake hat. And it was, uh, wow, look at that, the phone's ringing already. (laughs) 
Oh, who do we have on the line there? Who's our lucky caller today? <laughs> anyway, but, oh, yeah, this is real cute. So I wish they gave us discount cards. But anyway, so it says Steak and Shake since 1934. But at any rate, so, uh, or where were we here, Alan? We were talking about... Uh, it was an alternate prize, the Travco motorhome they used in the first Cannonball Run. Is that what it was? Yeah. You know, I forgot to ask. I think they came in 24 hours wasn't the last one that came in, yeah. Wasn't the prize just a gumball machine? No, it was a it was a trophy that was um, welded together with nuts and bolts by from Snap On or something. Okay, so oh, it was just a bunch of so it was just a hodgepodge. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Okay, so but in the movie Gumball Rally, it was over. A, it was a gumball machine. That's what it was, right? Yeah, but we're not talking gumball. We're, we're not talking no, cannonball. We're run. talking cannonball run. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 what's the origin of the race? It's shit sea to shining. Sea. Cannon, Remember, I screwed up the, all the time. The, the, it was that Edward G. Baker or something like that. Okay, well, forget the first name. The Cannonball Baker, Cedar Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. That's what it was. Because he did it back in the 30s or something in like a Packard in 56 hours or something. Okay. Don't quote me on the type of car, but it took him 56 hours when there was like no roads and he slept 30 minutes the whole way. Now think about that. And yeah. these guys did it in 20 hours. What do we got going on, no, Cedric? 35 hours. I, I, he says he's a Clearwater police officer. I don't. I don't know. He's a Clearwater police. Let's try Charlie. Charlie. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is he coming down to arrest us or what? Is he coming down to collect his prize? There was a guy about nineteen uh, early eighties who drove a Sprite. A Sprite. A bug eye. A bug eye. And down Clearwater Beach. A bug eye down Clearwater Beach. And you know who I am, Rob. Rob. before. Wait a minute. Is this the guys over there at the in Largo at the Rib Shack Barbecue? Could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. That gentleman you're talking to used to drive an old old rusty Sprite. Alan, you had a Sprite. Yeah, a friend of mine bought it for me just recently. He's having it redone. Maybe 1961, 1962s. Uh, Sprite. Yeah, 60, actually, yeah. That was the last year for the bug eye. 61 was last year. Oh, 61 was? Yeah. Okay, see, I stand corrected. Alan is an authority. No, I just happen to know that. <laughs> okay. You dumb cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine bought the car recently, and he's restoring it right now, because it's been sitting like a bottle of wine for 30 years. Just Would that be a guy named Myron? Yeah, so this is Charlie. Okay. <laughs> 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 Once again, fooled. Yeah, it's right. When I said hello, happy Charlie, at the beginning. Well, happy new year to you, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Charlie. You know, hey, what's hey, Robert, dead in I your hand? Alan, Goodbye. I told Alan. I told Alan, because I had gone to the Columbia School of Broadcasting in 1991, about how to enunciate properly by chewing on a cork before he spoke, and it's obvious it's not working. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, really... excuse me, Long Island Charlie. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, what Alan, am I? You gotta get, you're not you, man. You're not you. This is not the Alan that I know. You're just, like, laying back. You're not being you. Come on. Well, hey, you can't be obnoxious on the radio. <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, listen to Cedric. Come on. <laughs> No, 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 no. He moved twice so far since I've been here, okay? He hasn't said a word. Yeah, now, Artie, Artie can get away with it, though. Artie can get away with it. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, Al, you got some great stories. What about when we used to go down down uh, India uh, Island Estates in your convertible Challenger looking for stuff on garbage night? We found some great stuff. Oh, the mangoes. Yeah, we used to get mangoes. It was great. You get free mangoes because rich people the throw best, them out. I, I think the best car chase we were on is when I had my last service van working for this medical company. Al and I took a ride down Highland, and we threw some fireworks out the car, <laughs> and we had a Clearwater cop chasing a 19, I don't know, 98 Chevy van, and we lost them. Not only that, we went back, and what happened now? Where did we find the street? Oh, we, we, we dropped the firecrackers off in the middle of the road, what we had left, and we went back and picked them up. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept them. What are you people? This is like, you know, this is like, this is like dead air, but there's noise, you know? <laughs> it, 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 you, just, you just had to be there. It's a great thing. It's it's good thing you weren't, and I wish I wasn't either. But hey, then you would have been by <laughs> yourself, and no one would care. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't as cool as hanging out at the Gulf of Bay Drive-In, which is now, what, some condos across that Sino place over yeah, there? You know, uh, yeah, you know, actually, though, I got the tape they used to play, the real, real tape they used to play before the show with the advertisements and everything and the microphone the guy used. I got that sitting in my office. Really? I know. Yeah. The guy the guy's still looking for it, too. He called me. <laughs> <laughs> I worked there in high school. I made a dollar and a quarter an hour. Yeah. <laughs> same, Al, was that the same school that you happened to change the bus schedule on Mr. Uh, in Mr. Law's class? No one you know knows about that. Or? That's Okay, how many people out there know Mr. Law? Oh, I have no, no hands idea. at all. Wait a minute. Did Charlie go to school with you? 
That was a few years after me. Oh, really? Yeah, because he kept. He, he's like four years older than me, but he graduated <laughs> five years after I did. <laughs> Special yeah, Rob's on right, the line too. Yeah. Special Rob, well, welcome, Special Rob. Are you there, yeah. Rob? See you later, Charlie. Hey, baby, right, see you, I'll be good, you guys. Okay, yeah. take care. Thanks for calling. Happy hey, New Year. Are you gonna come by the garage? No, yeah, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> no, we got those tapes. I got the tapes on LCY from '71. Tomorrow be better. Tomorrow be better. Okay, give me the L. Bye, Rob. Are you there? Where'd you go? Yeah, you there? Yeah, how's he, Rob? I was calling in for the radio giveaway. Yeah, well, you're just I'm in your time. Big fan now. <laughs> okay. Well, this guy needs to get off the phone line. <laughs> yeah, because you're the you're the number one guy, right? He's gone. Right. He's history. <laughs> Well, we have your prize here, so you're welcome to come down and collect it. Well, I, if I, yeah. Teddy, get that off there, Teddy. Teddy, send it to me in the mail, Teddy. You can drop it in your mailbox on the way home. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. And you can put this next to your hot wheel, your uh, big wheel. Okay, play some Nickelback tonight, Hey, that's right. You know what? We're going to play. Show tonight. All right. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Keep tuned in. Uh, yeah, once, just for Rob, let's just go play. Uh, is it Rockstar? Just play a little of that. We'll find that one for him. We'll play that. That for that that'll be a tribute song to uh, to uh, to start out the new year to our number one list. How about on the first, and we'll play the first for the first for the first uh, number one radio show listener. Yeah, I'm stumbling on my words again. Anyway, where were we? Talk to the drugs. Talk to the what? Wait, is this the wrong line? Talk to the drugs. Talk to the drugs. I don't get that. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Oh, Mountain Dew with no ice. That's really. <laughs> Damn, my ears are really, really. I got to get these things cleaned out. You know, that's a that's a number one. That's one of my New Year's resolutions. That's one thing his wife won't do. That, that she won't. She won't stick her fingers in my ears. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. <laughs> yeah, but we're having a lot of fun. Anyway, let's see. So what do we got going on? So we we're talking about the uh, the the oh, last yeah, kind of There we go. The, the Ferrari was 35 hours, 54 minutes. The Travco Motorhome was 57 hours, 25 minutes. And the MGB GT, the clutch went out. Really? <laughs> you know, I was talking to um, is uh, Oscar, one of the guys on the yeah, Polish yeah. racing team. Yeah. And I forget who's it. Nimacek was in there, too. Was that one of the other guys in there? Yeah. Or whatever his name Let's was? See, in fact, his wife was a race car driver, too. Both of them, yeah. those two race Brad Nimacek and Oscar Kowaleski, how do you say that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, he was telling me that what they did is they had four or five 55-gallon oh, drums of fuel. Gallons of fuel. Yeah. yeah. And they and still it, had to make a fuel stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the stuff was sloshing around, and they were just it was sliding around back there, and they had to take turns holding it down. We're going to try to get him on the show one of these days. He yeah. can tell that story. It would have been a miniature cool. Hindenburg. Hell, no, it would have been a larger-than-life Hindenburg. If, <laughs> if that thing would have gone off, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now think about that. Five, 300 gallons of fuel in the van with you. Yeah, well, they they came in second at thirty six hours and forty seven minutes, average speed seventy seven miles an hour. Wasn't there someone? Which car went airborne for a little bit? Was that uh, the Ferrari with uh, those guys when they were they were they hit something and they were like a railroad track or something like that? I didn't, haven't heard about that. Okay, one. It was I, it might have been Brock Yates? It's not telling, in the article here though. Is it? No, it's not. It's not in the okay. So go back fast forwards or back back. Forwards, forwards, backwards, whatever. Anyway, well, let's go to the uh, go to the seventy nine. So the last one was in seventy nine. Right. Of course, one of the reasons I stopped the event was what for safety reasons, right? Well, yeah, because people the um, like the people that didn't like them going fast, but then again, no one crashed. No one crashed. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's the last cannonball. Okay. Written by. Let me get my headphones here. <laughs> written by um, thanks, Fred Gregory. Okay, and they had a Fire Am, Trans Am. That was put together by, oh, man, I hate when I'm reading like this. Da, 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 ah. Blah, 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 blah. We yeah. got dead air. We need something yeah, to go yeah. in here for the yeah, dead air. While he's reading something. real quick, we need some background. My uh, name is Lola. Herb Adams. <laughs> Herb, Adams her, Herb Adams Fire Am, Trans Am. And the car gave him a bunch of problems. And anyway, so the... Herb Adams? Oh, yeah. He's the, the guy car. that was responsible for uh, the Trans Am. Yeah, Trans yeah. this was like a zillion horsepower one. It was like real low. It was, it was basically racing the same car. They actually raced on the track at Daytona. Now oh, really? they're running across the country. And um, Fred Gregory and his co-driver, whoever that was, I don't see it right now. The car died in Nebraska or somewhere. Who, who cares? So he took the <laughs> trunk lid off, grabbed the plane, and took a taxi into the Redondo Beach with the trunk lid saying, hey, here we are. This is all stuff to the car. But they got disqualified anyway. <laughs> well, now it's clever. It's a thought, you know? Yeah.
That's kind of like uh, if you if he had gone to a junkyard real quick, he could have rebodied it and thrown that decklet on there. You know, yeah. if it had something. The original cannonball. Um, here we go. Mad Dog. And my glasses are no good. Menacini, whatever the guy with the big dually dually Chevy truck, four, dually four passenger, whatever dually four door pickup truck, the Chevy that you saw in the movie mm-hmm. that was based on the same guy and the same stuff he said in the movie he said in real life. Wow. Yeah, and also the uh, the ambulance, of course, was a four forty. Yeah, hopped up four forty. Um, Hal Needham, Brock Yates, his wife Pamela. She mm-hmm. was the the woman that was in the, the, the stretcher. Yeah, yeah. And then they had a friend of theirs, a radiologist, radiologist to play the doctor. And they actually get pulled over in New Jersey, right? And then the cops are pulling them over, or pulled them over. They followed them for like follow this ambulance for like some past. You want to tell the story? There's hospitals, right? <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Anyway, past the essence of these hospitals. I, I can talk slower or I'll say less. Anyway, <laughs> so he passed an, passed a, after they passed an exit where there's no exit for 50 more miles, they pulled him over. Uh-huh. Say, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, she's got cysts, just like in the movie. Yeah. Right? And that was the same ambulance they used in the movie, although they, the ambulance didn't make it because the transmission puked on them. Oh, okay. You know? But they actually used the same, and they put it on a flatbed just like they did in the movie. And they hauled it away. Yeah. And the cops that the, pulled him over, they... Uh, they flim-flammed and gave him some BS story. Oh, yeah. And they well, bought it. Yeah. But it was true. Is, um, uh, they said something like they could... Spain was up at Brock Yates' place. Yeah. Up in Wyoming, New York. And they were talking about that. And, they, and so Spain faces the camera and says, hey, if anyone knows about this, cops, give me a call. Well, after a couple of hours after the call, show aired, came on. You know, someone called up, started a four-way conversation with Brock Yates. And the cops are going, they knew they were a had when they saw an article in one of the magazines about the cannonball. They go, after the that? fact. After the fact, they knew they were a had. You know. <laughs> hey, what do we got on the turntable? We got something yeah. cool and nostalgic? Since we're talking about stuff from 1971, 72, let's see if we got something that's uh, from 1971, 72. Oh, wow, here we go. The Guess Who. Now, there's something you don't hear every day. The Guess Who song called Undone. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Video and Cars. Don't go away. Undone, right? You're done? I'm done. No, I'm done. We're not done. Hey, we'll be back around for, we're going to stick around for another, what, we got 34, 36 minutes yet. I'm out of words. He's doing an unbelievable job. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, 
listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Who are you? He's a bum. I'm Barack Obama. Who solicits donations, investments, in a fresh air environment. That's what I said. He's a bum. The movers must have picked up his box by mistake. This is my house. And I live here. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver Adam Carolla telling you I love nostalgic radio and cars. Okay, we're back. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Car. This is our Christmas Eve show. New Year's Day, Robert. Oh, damn, that's right. What? Oops, I said, oops, I said that water with well, the little... Uh, this is like the 2000s now, it's by the, the 2000s. way. the 2000s. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, we need fireworks in the background sometime, somewhere. But anyway, hey, you know, we were just stumbling... Uh, Al and I were just kind of jaw-jacking about cars, so we just covered the, uh, the Cannonball Run thing. But he handed me a magazine here. It's called Sports Car Graphic, and it's dated July 1964. On the cover, it's uh, it says... Grand Prix forecast, and it shows a picture of a, uh, let's see, what is this? This looks like a, some sort of Formula One car, or Formula 4000, 3000, 2000, 1000, whatever it is. I didn't read the whole article, because, you know me, I can't read. I just look at the pictures. So it looks like a uh, open-wheel sports car of some kind, or a uh, race car. But anyway, on the inside, the cover page, it says, Police needed it, Oles built it, Pursuit proved it. Put this one on your wanted list. Oles, 442. And then it says, so... This is what's interesting, because in the early days, 442 was originally advertised as four-barrel carburetor, four-on-the-floor, dual exhaust. And you said earlier that this car was available in uh, four-speed, no, excuse me, as a four-door, a two-door, a convertible, but no station wagon, right? Yeah, it says in the ad there, available except station wagon. Available except station wagon. How about that? And, you know, we argued about this one time on the show with somebody, and so argued, we debated but uh, most people think that 1965 was the first year for 442, but it was actually 64. Yeah, just like the sad shows. Yeah, just because like... the license plate, it says F85-64 in the license plate. Yeah, post car. And, uh, well, actually, it it's shows two... It's a four-door. It's a squad car with two cops in it with uh, little uh, cop hats. So, uh, at any rate... Must and be Charlie. Must be, <laughs> must be Charlie. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Charlie Manicotti. Charlie Manicotti. And on the back cover, it says, Men who know fine cars appreciate the Cobra. And uh, and then besides that, or after that, it says, Assuming you don't have a badge, motorcycle, and apologetic grin, we suggest you drop in at your local total performance Ford dealer and spend a few concentrated mo- moments carefully inspecting the world's most versatile sports car, Cobra, powered by Ford. And then, Watching NASCAR and drinking <laughs> it says five thousand nine hundred and ninety-five dollars P.O.E. Well, that's port of entry, right? Is that what you said? We're yeah. guessing. We're, well, now you think whatever. about that. Let's I'm be, not a shipper. Well, yeah, but port of entry, you would think, because the cars were actually built, the bodies and chassis were built in England, then they were right. shipped to L.A. Yeah, Riverside, yeah. Uh, the airport, yeah. The airport at that point in time, yeah. Well, no, for the 427 cars, because this is 1964. No, actually, this would still yeah, be yeah. Venice He's Avenue. built a pilot car at... Um, Reventlow's old shop, which was turned into 62. something. Yeah. And then after that, they started building. Yeah, they went to Venice, and then uh, 65, I think, is when they moved over to the airport. But at any rate, so think about that. That's uh, Now, how much is they a Cobra? They Cobra Coops at the airport. Uh... I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> how appropriate. I like that one. Because <laughs> Tweety told me about that, of course, you know. Um, weren't they built in... In Italy, one was built. The prototype well, was built in the United States. And well, they've, they've had they had like three of them were built here, and three were built overseas. Overseas, and, and the, the bodies are different. The roof the ones, line, the yeah, roof the line ones was here looked better. Really, I right. want to know why. 
<laughs> just because well, just we know. Because we know. Who is that guy anyway? Who is that guy? Who is that masked man? You dumb cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with salt. With salt. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of cool here. You know, when you got these old magazines, let's talk about values a little bit. Well, they got some cool stuff in here. You know, when you, really when you think about it, you know what's really cool, Alan. You know, you look at the old cars, and you could look at an MG, you could look at a Porsche, you could look at a Jaguar, you could look at a Lotus Salon, and the cars were immediately identifiable. You can't from a hundred yards at night in a snowstorm. Yeah, I mean, the cars truly had faces. They had character. They had performance. They they had just all kinds of just they were they were neat. You know, today you look at the cars, they all look. Yeah. Was that a Hyundai or a Rolls Royce that just ran me over? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like there, there's no. Um, it's all about just aerodynamics. Yeah. And and the that little, shape car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's just no. Uh, you know, I mean, no, here, dis- there's not distinctive. Exactly. No distinction yeah. whatsoever. Whatsoever. Here's that article on the formula. I drive a little bucket right now, a white Miata. Yeah. No one ever says, "Hey, I saw you." No, and the Miata I got my 65 Volvo out. People go, "Hey, I saw you." Exactly. Yeah. Well, like speaking of Volvos, the uh, P1800s, 1800Ss, they're pretty cool cars. Now you've owned a couple of those over the years, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I got an 1800. I got from uh, I've had it for I don't know 25 years or something. Who knows? Charlie can tell you. Charlie. <laughs> yeah. And I bought it from a friend of mine. He bought it from the original owner. And it's black with red interior, and fortunately it has no rust. And I'm been actually getting my hands dirty on it lately. So how how are the values on Volvos? And you know, it's, it's, you know what. It's weird because the value in the car, to me, is what someone will pay for it, not what it's really worth. Because I'd rather drive like Irv Gordon. He put 3 million miles on his 65 or 66, depending what sales. Volvo. How you look P-1800. at it. Yeah, it's 1800S, actually. Excuse me. Yeah. And um, the car is, the value of the car, first of all, you got first thing you do, you look at it. If it's, it's just distinctive, that raises the price. Mm-hmm. And two, if you can change your fuel pump in two minutes with a half-inch open-end wrench, that makes the value of the car higher instead of dropping the gas tank. So it's a little noisy and. Steering's a little heavy, but hey, get a life, you know. <laughs> well, then the Volvo eighteen hundred is uh, kind of a cool car. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's most famous because it was used in the TV series The Saint. Yeah. And um, so, what are you saying? <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, is they yeah. did another a, a, a number of versions of it. There was like a series one, series two, series three. Actually, so, take us through the uh, the P eighteen hundred history. First one's a P eighteen hundred. That was body was made in, by Press Steel in um, Scotland. Is yes. that where the term P eighteen hundred comes yeah. from? P yeah, that's what the P, whatever the P means. Okay. And then, then the quality wasn't that very quality. It's British. Uh, yeah. And so they rusted out real bad. And so in 64, they started making them. They did them there because the mine's a 65. It's got the Jensen Press Steel plaque on it and everything on the mm-hmm. left, inside the left fender well on the front. Golly, and then you go. Golly. Then the car got sent to Sweden and finished up. Okay? Uh-huh. And so it was an 1800S for Sweden. Then they had the 1800E for the Injection. German. No. Motor. Yeah, I knew Robert had that word down. <laughs> have a knock, as they say. And then they had the... ES, which was the wagon, a state wagon, basically. You know? And um, E is... By the time they come to the, the S would be what? Sport? Yeah. Well, um, it's shooting brake. Shooting brake, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because that's yeah. the British term for a station wagon. Right. And the funny thing is, the earlier 1800s were based on the 122, and then the later ones were had 140 underpinnings because they quit building the 122. And where they still built mm-hmm. 1800, they had the 140 out. So you drive an early car and a late car, because the late car's got a little bit more horsepower because of fuel injection, but the throttle response is different. And the shifter is located further forward, so it's different to shift. And the car just feels different because it's a 122 compared to a 140 on the later car. The cars look the same, but they actually drive different. And Robert's looking something up right now. And um, if you get like a underneath the skin, though, on 1800, if you got a 122, you got all the mechanical bits you need. Just what looks different is different. The parts are easy to get. And the cars are a little heavy, but they go forever and ever. And I would drive one... Three million miles if I had the time. Yeah. So if you had to sit there and say, in terms of collectability, and because okay. right now the, the, everybody's talking about, well, what's what's the next big car to collect? Yeah. So you look at the the Volvos, like the the one twenty twos, or the five forty fours, or the four forty fours, which looks like the old forty four. Which those cars were really notorious for being successful rally cars, correct? Yeah, I knew a guy who actually rallied them in Sweden. Really? Yeah. So the um, the the Volvo P eighteen hundred. You know, people are always talking about, well, what's the next car to buy? Because Ferraris are out of price. Oh, you know, Maseratis are out of out of range. Porsches are out of range. Austin Healy's Jaguars. You know, now MGBs are starting to jump a little bit. TR fours, TR threes, TR two fifties, MG. 
GTCs, MGTDs. But those yeah. cars are kind of crude a little bit. When you look at a Volvo, isn't a Volvo a little bit more of a sophisticated car compared to well, a British car? Yes and no. Yes it's and no. Sophisticated because it'll never break. Okay. But it's still, um, it's got like a, it's got a Dana rear end in it. It's got from the factory had Delco shocks. It was sort of like a conglomeration of a bunch of different cars. But the engine is a bulletproof engine. They never wear out. And when they were new. They made a big deal about it. The mains and the rod bearings were bigger than they were on a small block Chevy, and it was a five five main bolt uh, four cylinder. And they just go for you can rev them up, and if you can get past valve float, like they said, you could just go crazy on the RPMs because they wouldn't fall apart. And the first year for the eighteen hundred was what sixty two one one yeah oh really okay yeah. that's cool yeah I got like a sixty one parts car laying around got a bunch of unique Jensen parts on it, which I was going to swap over to my car. You know, what's interesting, too, is that car, okay, which is immediately identifiable, has pretty much had the same body style since day one for the whole duration. Oh, yeah. So it's Series 1, 2, and 3. They made three versions. Well, well you could say... Um you can say four with the ES with the wagon. Okay, with the wagon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and and they're still really you can buy those cars under ten thousand bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Except for the wagons. The wagons are starting yeah, to creep a little, bit, a little bit. The thing is, they're easy to work on. Okay, and reliability yeah. is amazing. And what about parts? Parts aren't that expensive on those cars, are they? No, no. Some of the body parts you might pay a little bit for, but the mechanical bits they made zillions. You're weird. You know, they make a whole. They made like forty eight thousand eighteen hundreds. But they made a whole ton of 122s, you know. So you got no problem getting parts. Everything just bolts in. Real simple to work on. The only thing is the brake, the rear brake drums. It's got front disc and rear drum on the earlier cars, and the drums are in a tapered shaft. And you got to get the drum off. You got a big hammer and a lot of heat. And a lot of heat. Yeah. But other than that, the cars are simple to work on. You know, and and reliable. They're reliable. I got air conditioning in mine, and so you got about 14 cubic feet, so it keeps it cold. You know, it's not very big inside at all. You know. So would it be fair to say that a Volvo, you know how they always advertise how safe they are, how strong they are, how yeah. durable they are, with the exception of safety, because you know it really wasn't a big thing well, with them back then. Actually, but. Volvo invented the um, shoulder harness. Volvo did? In oh. 1959 when the engineers did. And any car, all Volvos back then came with shoulder harnesses. Did they really? Yeah, because Ford tried that in 55, 56 with this lifeguard, with the dashboard padded and steering wheel ditch and all that. No one bought it. You know, hmm. but when Volvo came out in 59, they put it in all the cars, the shoulder harnesses. Oh, so it wasn't an option. It was just standard equipment. Standard equipment. Well, yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. then that way you can't argue about it. And then yeah. you use it. And then all of a sudden and it then, gets of a course, name. And Volvo figured out the crumple zones and stuff in the later cars, like the 240s, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, are a cult car now for some odd reason. Okay. Three million or something of them, you know. So if anybody out there is listening, you know what? The next car to buy that's probably going to take off, what, the Volvo 1800 series? Well, you know, the thing is. Maybe. Yeah, let's I, push it because you know you deal in them and you and and you got to give Alan a call or contact Alan through <laughs> us and then Alan will tell you how to he'll hook you up with a Volvo P eighteen hundred or eighteen hundred ES or eighteen hundred. Matter of fact, we got to go look at those eighteen hundred ES wagons down oh, yeah. down south of here. We won't tell right, everybody where they're yeah. at, but we stumbled yeah. across two. And then yesterday when I was in Orlando, I ran across that. Yeah, well, that they, they speak Portuguese down that far south where you found those cars, right? <laughs> well, I did have a communication problem. Yeah, I yeah, will say that yeah. we were using kind of sign language. <laughs> But at any rate, okay, hey, look, since we're talking about old stuff, well, you got another magazine over there. What's that one? Something about John Fitch? Oh, no, no, I know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, Mr. Muntz. Yeah, Mad Mad Muntz. Yeah, Earl Muntz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, back to this. Um, Turner, or Curtis, Frank Curtis made the race cars back in the early 50s, the Curtises, right? Oh, now, and, give us a little bit of history here, because what people don't realize okay. is at the, in the late 40s, when a lot of guys, U.S. soldier guys, came back from Europe, okay, they were kind of into the European foreign car yeah, thing. The TC and, started it. Okay, yeah, and, and they them home with their war brides. Exactly, and yeah. racing was obviously very huge in yeah. Europe. Rallies, road racing, Formula yeah. One. It's huge over there. So a lot of these guys, while they were over there during their service years, you know, they got kind of exposed to that stuff. So when they right. came over here, they were still kind of racers. Right. And the European cars were very nimble. So in order for the Americans to kind of be competitive, a number of uh, let's just say uh, innovative, yeah, yeah, entrepreneurs, innovative car guys decided to build f- small, little, funny little cars with or big not motors. So small sometimes, or not so small, yeah. yeah. And Curtis was one of those guys, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, Frank Curtis. Okay, so yeah. tell us about his car. Well, basically, I, I can't tell you too much about him. That, okay, but it was a funny little car yeah, with a big funny motor. Little in it. car, they put like Ford engines in him, and a, I'm going to say Cadillac, but don't. Stretch it on that. Because Allard, Sydney Allard also. Allard had, did the same thing. Yeah, he had the But Cadillac they were English, motors. though. Allards were English, yeah, weren't they? but it had American Motors. American Motors. He used yeah. Cadillacs Allard, and he used Fords. Yeah, and... you had the Allard J2, which was the epitome. Right. It's mm-hmm. like a 930 turbo, but better because it looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cunningham did the same thing. Yeah, Cunningham did the same thing. He did them in West Palm Beach, of course. You know, yep. He had like had four series of them. And um, they did pretty good with the Cunninghams because John Fitch 
won the first official 12-hour Sebring race in 53 in a Cunningham. Okay. Which I got a picture of John Fitch and the Cunningham. You got that when you were at Sebring, what, yeah, number of years back? Yeah, 03, was 50th okay. anniversary. So you had a lot of the drivers there that won. And he yeah. did a number of things. Not only was he a great American race car driver, but he was also real big in the safety, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did the, the Fitch barrier, the big old orange barrels where you run into before you run into the bridge. And they saved a lot of lives because the same. You could run into one of those and the car would, you could drive the car away because the way it absorbed the uh, inertia and everything, the energy. Well, there was an article I was reading about him not too long ago. It says, remember when the big crash happened at Le Mans in 1955 when the Mercedes oh, yeah. went airborne and yeah, took John out? Yeah, Fitch was big the driver see of that car. Did. If he was driving it, would have Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. he was behind that car, the, Mer- the Mercedes, when it launched, remember? Because it was him and I think uh, Hawthorne or somebody else. In fact, yeah. uh, uh, Sterling Moss was in there too. So they were all like right on top of each other right when that was going down. And what happened? Something happened in the middle of the road. He went to, or somebody yeah. clipped him or whatever it was. Nearly 3,000 or whatever they were, about 106 or whatever. Right. Yeah, and he was right. coming into the pits, and he evidently didn't, uh, he's cut over in front of, uh, I can't remember, that. it was a Von something, it was some German race car driver. Yeah. And then the car went and launched airborne, crashed in the stadium, <laughs> killed a bunch of people. people, something like that. All the, yeah. all the parts, all the pieces just went through and just cut them Yeah, off. and yeah. Uh, so that was when Mercedes-Benz pulled out. Now, they didn't right. stop the race, but Mercedes-Benz pulled out the second car, which Sterling Moss was driving at the time. Yeah. And uh, so that's when Mercedes-Benz quit racing. It wasn't until sometime in the 90s when they came back. Although they kept racing in touring cars, and they did rally cars, but they didn't yeah. do any Grand Prix racing. Right. Anyway. Get your brains out of your head, Annie. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess you're not supposed to reveal that. So, I, that's a secret. So I guess he sort of segued on the John Fitch over Yeah, let's here. talk about Fitch. Yeah, because he also had a, he took a brand new Corvair and... You know, oh, that's right, in yeah, the 60s. Yeah, yeah, He's the, the one... Corvair, yeah. He uh, improved the handling, gave a horsepower, and just made him neat, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a there's a Corvair Club newsletter called the Windmill. Whether it is anymore, I don't know. But I got one. A friend of mine gave me. It's in my pile of papers somewhere. It's John. It's your address of John Fitch. John Fitch. Wow. In Connecticut. Yeah, to his shop. Yeah, but his, and his yeah. Corvairs, they were like uh, mid-60s, weren't they? Is that when, yeah, the, yeah. the one he, he was he doing started, that? He did the 1960. When it first came out, he started. Oh, he started making those? Yeah. So he's doing his own little thing to yeah. him, waving his little magic wand yeah, and his little wrench on him. Phoenix, which is his little two-seater coupe with a custom body on it and everything. What did that have for drivetrain? Was that based it, on the Corvair? It was Corvair. Oh, was yeah, it? Okay. It was Corvair, and it had a custom interior. It's a pretty neat-looking car, nardy wheel and all that. And the problem with that car is he had it going. He had deposits for like 500 cars or something. And then they were going to change the safety laws. Was for, that uh, kind of like when uh, Ralph Nader kind of came to Yeah, uh, yeah Birch Bosch Law, you could say, which Mangasta was exempt. It was had a sign, piece of paper, or sign it. Yeah, Mangasta had a little plaque. You open the engine compartment lid, and it, it's exempt from the Birch Bosch Law, and it's signed and everything. Really? No seatbelts, nothing. Interesting. Well, we had that discussion, too. Seatbelts, what, 68 or 66? Um, well, the seatbelts are mandatory. Either it's 68, 69 in January because the shoulder harness was mandatory, so the lap belt was mandatory because of that. Okay. But the DiTomaso was exempt. It was exempt from smog and safety and everything. The good and, old days. Yeah, yeah. But um, this John Fitch car, he took he took deposits on a whole ton of them, 100. It says 100 cars uh-huh. for customers. And then that, yeah. that law came into effect? Yeah. And then he, he, he didn't want to deal with it, so he just refunded everyone their money. Well, that was he didn't commendable. Want to compromise the car. There you he go. He kept the original car, and up to his death, he still drove it. What do we? So you only built the one car? Yeah, just the one. Hey, what do we got in the turntable? You got something cool out there? Something seventies? Oh, how out in the country? I wish we were out in the country. Yeah. This is uh, Three Dog Night, the nineteen seventy one. Good song. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. This is our not Christmas. This is our New, New Year's, Year's show. Day. I have Alan sitting with me. We got Cedric. We got my son Bobby in the studio. I don't care how poor you are. <laughs> and we're just having some fun talking about cars, playing some groovy music, and uh, we'll come up with some other far out and stuff. The Wayback Machine. Yeah, we got the Hey, the Wayback Machine. We need that one. That we got hey, Marty, I figured it out. <laughs> Stick around. We got some great music, and we got some more stories and dialogue coming up for you.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my good friend William Helfrich. He's a lawyer, and a darn good one at that. He specializes in medical malpractice, social security issues, and probate. His credentials are exceptional. He is a former JAG, yes, a military lawyer, sworn to uphold the law to the highest ethical standards. For over 20 years, he was an attorney for the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Give Bill a call at 727-831-5312. That's 727-831-5312. Let William Helfrich help you make informed legal choices. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. But that trick never worked. This time for sure. Resto! I'm Barack Obama. Wrong hat. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And if you're not, you're a communist. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into the uncommunist uh, Nostalgic Radio and Cars here. It's Robert and... You're just... Pickable <laughs> and Alan and Cedric and Bobby, of course. Hey, let me uh, give a big shout out to our friends over there, Belladora's. Talk about a really, really good pizza. We've been going there for the last month and a half, so so a big shout out to uh, Mark over there and Sarah and everybody. And let me tell you, they're over here on Clearwater Larga Road, just before you get the West Bay Drive on the right, two story building over there. Really, really good pizza. They got great calzones. They got a really cool menu. But anyway, give them a call down there at uh, 727-581-5000. That's 727-581-5000. That's Belladora's. If you really want a really, truly delicious pizza. In fact, there's only about three or four restaurants in the area that actually have this style of pizza. The place right here has become one of our favorites. So they got some really cool stuff. You definitely want to check out their menu. You can find them online. Okay, it's Belladora. Pizza.com. That's Belladora's Pizza.com. Okay. And again, their number is 727-581-5000. And if you walk in there, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, you never know. You might get a beer because they got alcohol too. So anyway, let's see. We were talking a few minutes ago about the Munts Jet. Now, yeah, we segued away from that. We segued, we're we, back again. we segued, we skated away from that one. Yeah, right over. But anyway, but he did a couple of number things. He was kind of like a really whiz bang business guy. So basically, he took over Curtis's what Curtis started. Yeah, Frank Curtis's Frank, cars, yeah. Right. And then he kind of came out with these. Uh, that was really the infancy of composite cars. Composite meaning fiberglass, right? No, no, no. They were steel. Were they steel? Yeah, I thought the sure Munts Jet was. Because uh, he built the Munts Jet. I thought the Munts Jet was fiberglass. Okay. They had fiberglass fenders. All right, so it's yeah. part fiberglass. So it's yeah. composite could be both. It's, it's a, a yeah, composition a It's like a you could get a, a gull wing that was aluminum and steel. Well, that's true. Okay, yeah. So well, this then is that exactly would be a gull wing, but it's better because it's U.S. of A. But an alloy body. That's a, you know, see if you use a Ferrari and a Mercedes and a Porsche yeah. and it's aluminum, it's considered alloy body. So therefore, it becomes multi millions. I want to know why. <laughs> well, here's the reason. Here's why. But anyway, so go ahead. So Munz did, uh, he took the cars. And how many yeah. Munz jets did he build? Um, I think there's like 114. Don't quote me on that either. But he made coupes and convertibles. And um, he took the Curtis car and he stretched it out. And they used the Cat- Cadillac motor in it. And uh, let's see here. Uh, you, were, you were mentioning earlier that he was kind of an innovative kind of guy. He started out what? He was just selling radios and TVs and yeah. things like well, that? Well, he started out by... Buying cars and reselling them. Okay. And then um, he, st- he got a Plymouth dealer way back in the day, dealership back in the 30s. Uh-huh. And um, then he um, started getting electronics. He, he took a Crosley radios and um, converted them for car use. Okay. In the 20s, late 20s. And also what he did was then he started making, selling TVs mm-hmm. and radios. Mm-hmm. And he got day. into that and he was like a <laughs> crazy... Crazy advertisement, sort of like Cal Worthington or Art Grindle, for anyone who remembers him. Art Grindle, Grindle. oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, the Mopar dealer, the big... Uh, used to, out of Orlando. Out of Orlando, yeah, yeah or yeah, yeah. someplace like that, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what he did was, he if he um, invented the four-track tape, it was like an eight-track tape, which is obsolete now, but his four-track tape, if you had a Gia 6.4, you more than likely had a month's four-track in it. Now, tell, you have to tell everybody what a Gia 6.4 okay, is. Okay, that's a... Chrysler made by um, Gia uh, that um, a really expensive hybrid it was 15 car grand back in 1961. <laughs> yeah, Sinatra and Dean Martin had one. And, yeah, you know, you know, very exotic car, but yeah. used the Chrysler drivetrain. Yeah, it was like it drove like a Chrysler, but it looked great. Mm-hmm. You know. And anyway, so um, back to um, the four track. Yeah, four track. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Cedric. Didn't you guys use? Didn't they have a thing in the radio business back in the day where they used four tracks or something like that? Oh, I'm sure. 
Well, actually, what? well, like when the Beatles first recorded, they had four tracks they mixed, but that's Uh-oh. different than the four We got a caller. Somebody's going to tell us when the phone just rang. Ringing too, yeah. <laughs> and so the um, eight, the four track player, it was like an eight track player, but only had two selections: channel, okay. track, channel one and channel two. Then that got phased out by the eight track, which William Lear and Ford dabbled in that. And made okay, a, Lear as in Learjet. Yeah, William Lear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they had the eight track player, which had four selections on. Okay, it. yeah. And if you bought an early Learjet, you had a Lear 8-track in it. Okay. I've seen that before. I've seen a picture of a Lear cockpit with an 8-track in it. Okay. And then you're saying that Ford and Lear got together. So one of the first production cars that offered a 8-track system was a 66 Ford, Thunderbird, Thunderbird, Galaxy, Lincoln, things like that. Yeah, Thunderbird. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Didn't didn't the first-generation Mustang, I think I had an 8-track. Yeah, first-generation. Yeah, it was an option. Yeah, Yeah. because you can get a 66. Yeah, that was the ultimate. You got an AM 8-track. Radio. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so then we went through that a little bit. Hey, let's talk about, um, what else? I don't care how poor you are. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking earlier about some cars before you guys all tune in here, and we were talking about some of the guys that are well-known that have kind of a car-slash-connection to the Pinellas-Hillsborough County. So we were talking earlier about, you know, Ranson E. Oles, okay? everyone knows him, yeah. Oldsmobile, okay, REO, which started out with the Rio. He started out with the Oldsmobile, then he went to Rio. Oh, is that the way it was? Yeah, because he got forced out of the company or sold it. Out of Oldsmobile. Well, that's right, because yeah. Ross Durant, who was the first president of General Motors, when he consolidated all, right. he oh, bought out yeah. Oldsmobile. Yeah, for like $2 million. Or okay. Yeah. And then, didn't he kind of relocate down here to well, this area? Yeah. And well, then- um, Oldsmobile is going to be like his Epcot Center. Oh, okay. Yeah, City of Tomorrow and all that. And initially, it's going to be like a, a hub with streets radiating out from it like a bicycle spoke. That well, was what's, what's, plan. what's interesting about that is the fact, and I don't know that much about Oldsmar, but I do kind of remember the story because some old timer told me this one time that I bought an old Etzel from in Oldsmar yeah. that back in the day, if you had to go from Pinellas County to Hillsborough County via horse and buggy or a little che- cheesy car, it took you almost a day to get from Pinellas County all the way over to Hillsborough. Especially if you're in St. Pete. Yeah, you yeah. know, so that was the way everybody went. So when Olds came down here, he was doing that thing that you were talking about, you know, where they were going to make that some yeah. sort of hub and whatnot. Yeah. And another guy, there's another connection here with cars, and that's Mercer and Roebling. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Well, the Mercer car was a race car, basically. Right. In the teens. Teens, yeah, right. Teens, 20s. Uh, and, um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mid- more Mid-teens. or less on the years. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was made in Mercer County, Pennsylvania, and it was backed by Roebling from the Brooklyn Bridge. Bridge. Roebling lived here in Clearwater, down at the, uh, where Drew Street ended, where it made the curve there north of Morton Plant. Yeah, the old Roebling there. Estate. Yeah, that's where they call it Spottis Wood now. What the hell is wrong yeah. with you all? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, hey, go back to your Texas history class. Yeah, and uh, you know who else was down here too? It's funny because a lot of people don't realize that in those days, this was you know a lot of people from the from the Detroit area, you know, from the big yeah. manufacturing areas up in those parts of the world, came to the western side of the the state of Florida and had their retirement homes. It's funny how the people yeah. from the Detroit area. And the automobile industry came down here. Like, for example, the family from Harrison, as in Harrison oh, yeah. Radiators, they yeah, had an right estate down here. Yeah. They had a, yeah, it was just down from Roebling Estate. So, right. you know, and, and, and look at Ford and Edison. They went to Fort Myers. Right. So a lot of those people actually established bases here and actually continued some of their development down here. But Ford, he, he only stayed at a house down in Fort Myers just a few times. He wasn't there, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. But um, so that's kind of interesting. It's interesting history. So, you know, but like on the West Coast or on the East Coast over there, that was mostly the New York crowd and the Vanderbilts and people like that. You know, they yeah. all. Well, still Ford hung out in Palm Beach. Or that's where he showed his Mark One. Uh, the Sun did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Edsel Edsel, did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Edsel Ford. And yeah. that was a that was an amazing car in itself. That's got some interesting history, too, because what yeah. that was. Who designed that one? Do you remember? Gregory or what are the guy's name? Yeah, Gregory. Gregory. Yeah. Right. And he was like uh, buddy buddies with Edsel yeah. Ford. And he did that speech. Yeah, and they thing. had their own styling department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did a lot of stuff because his dad really wasn't into that innovative thing. He just wanted yeah. black cars for the masses. Yeah. Cheap. I don't want to put any brake fluid. Just give me cables. Yeah. Something like that. And of course, yeah. Edsel was a little bit more innovative when he went to Europe. When he came back, as the story goes, he was yeah. so impressed and so intrigued by what was the Paris Auto Show or something like that, he came back and he basically, uh, I guess, authorized Gregory to build yeah. some really cool vintage prototypes. And yeah. one of the cars was that Speedster. It was the mid-30s that uh, not too long ago was actually discovered over in your neck of the woods near Melbourne, where you were from originally. And Bill Warner from Amelia Island actually heard the story and found the car. And Gregory was evidently still alive to even see the car, I believe, as the story goes. Well, you've got to be... 90. He was at the time. Yeah. Well, this is going back 15 years in the 90s okay. when they found the car. Okay. And it was just sitting in a barn. 
over there. Amazing. Most amazing story. In fact, what was interesting is I was at Daytona at one of the vintage races, and that car was on display with the history, and it was totally unrestored. And sadly, they should have left it alone. But, oh, yeah. But then subsequently it was found. Edsel Ford II acquired the car. Now the car's been completely restored to its original color, its original condition. It's been well, featured. If you're in a million. Ford, you can restore it. You, you, you're yeah, allowed to. You're allowed to, yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> no one else can because don't touch the history. So paying customer. This is a paying customer. Let's see. Oh, by the way, you know, I might want to throw this out there for all you guys. Uh, if since I'm in the appraisal business, go ahead and give us a shout or contact us through GulfstreamMotorsports.com. And if you need an appraisal, pre-purchase inspection, or any type of automotive consulting advice, contact me, your show host, yours truly, Robert, at uh, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and I will be more than happy to render my services. Anything short of mechanics, and if you need mechanics, and I will consult my friend Alan, who's sitting in with us tonight, because Alan's far more mechanical than I am. Robert is doing an unbelievable job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when cows drink martinis and my hair will grow back, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but no, you know what? Here next week, in two weeks, the big auction starts in uh, Scottsdale. Okay, so you've got Barrett-Jackson, you've got... Uh, uh, Gooding, you got RM, you got Silvers, you got Bonhams, and Russo and Steel. You have Where's six. Kissimmee going to be? And Kissimmee is so this the auction starts. If you want to call, it's not like Monterey Car Week. They haven't really yeah. designated it yet. But let's say Scottsdale um, is the tenth through like the eighteenth or whatever. And then I think on the eighteenth is when Weekend starts in in Kissimmee. So anyway, hey, we're just about out of time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I want to thank Alan for sitting in. Time goes by real quick here. Thanks, Cedric. Happy New Year to Cedric. Happy New Year, Bobby. Happy New Year, Alan. Happy New Year to Lola and Dave. Everybody else that hangs around here, listens to our radio yeah, you show. Know who you are. And uh, don't forget to go to our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Be sure and tune in to the most legendary and fascinating names, or fascinating and legendary names in motorsports, right here on WTAN, Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340, at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we will see you at some of the car shows this weekend, this weekend. Webster Swap Meet on Sunday. Okay, first swap meet of the year. And for all your Volkswagen Beetle needs, go to the Crumpler Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody. Happy New Year. She gets high. She gets high. She gets high. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. Okay, hey. Okay. Hey, Billy, you caught me off guard on that. Well, I have dogs. My wife has bees and (laughs) sheep and chickens. And uh, we have a small farm. Come on down and get your stickers on. Get your sticker on. Get your sticker on. And we have a fresh supply of Ted Nugent for bumper stickers. (laughs) Ted Nugent for President bumper stickers. Is this a paying customer? Greetings from the epicenter of all things American rhythm and blues rock and roll barbecue celebration to you, Robert. There won't be a parking spot. Give us a big... Like that, I guess that's how they do that. Something like that. The fourth oh, is Mike's inboard. On. I'm a thrilling, fun guy. If you're not having fun with me, you're weird. This is Joe Biden. I'm Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Can you say liars? And remember, always have your Nugent spayed and neutered. <laughs> spayed and Nugent. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure about that one. Anyway, hey. Thank you, and duh. You're listening to the Tan Talk Radio Network.